On today's episode, we will talk about the manifestation king of the major arcana, the magician. The magician is ready to go and ready to make things happen. So let's dive in. On Crystalline Knowledge Tarot, I'll share all things tarot, with a little bit of social science, a large dose of feminism, and a sprinkling of mysticism to show how tarot can be used for learning, self-development, and collective liberation. There are many perspectives on the practice of tarot and how to read and interpret the cards. This is my perspective, not the perspective, and I respect the many tarot journeys that people are on. This is how I practice and the lens I bring. Hi friends, welcome back to the show. We've made it to the first key of the major arcana that is grounded in reality, the magician. So what do I mean by that? If we think about the numbering of the major arcana, the fool, who we covered in last week's episode, is number zero. The fool has infinite possibilities, but they have not entered the material world. There's no concrete actions. The magician, key one of the major arcana, exists in the material plane. It is the first step on the fool's journey through the tarot. So I want to start with some of the associations with the card. This is a card where there is some divide amongst the tarot community. Oh, the drama. Oh, how much I hate it. Just kidding. I love it. And to understand why there's this divide, we can start with the magician's planetary association, Mercury. Mercury is the messenger, the planet of communication and messages, obviously, self-awareness and thought. If we think back to mythology, Mercury was the wing-footed messenger who brought the messages down from the Roman gods to the masses much like the magician takes ideas and energy and dreams and makes them manifest into form. Here's where the controversy comes in. The planet Mercury rules the zodiac signs of Gemini, an air sign, and Virgo, an earth sign. The majority of interpretations of the magician use the elemental association of air. As we learned in our full episode, Air is active, it's ambitious, idealistic, intelligent, and Earth, by contrast, is a more receptive energy, methodological, stable, pragmatic, yet resourceful, but maybe a bit too dogmatic or stuck in their ways. Now, I tend to agree with the majority here that the magician is most aligned with the element of air. However, I will say that there is earth energy here too. Remember, the magician is bringing forth his manifestation, air, into the material realm, earth. The magician is about the spark, the impulse to create magic, to manifest our Delulu dreams into reality, making them tangible with the tools available to us which are the four elements, which correspond to the four suits of the minor arcana. So if we look at many of the depictions of the magician on their table or altar, they are a magician after all, we see emblems of the four suits of the minor arcana, the cups, pentacles or coins, swords, and of course the wands. 
Traditionally, the cup, pentacle, and sword, and one wand are on the altar, and the magician holds another wand in one hand pointing up with his other hand pointing down, representing as above, so below. The association is clear. The magician is working magic, casting spells, drawing upon all four elements to work his mojo. And keywords for the magician include power and willpower, enterprise and initiative, or manifestation. Much like the fool, the magician is also about beginnings, creation, potential, the primordial essence of something which corresponds to the number one and also the aces in the tarot. When I think about archetypes associated with the magician, the first that comes to mind, and I know I'm committing the cardinal sin of using the name in the definition, is the magician. The magician is a magician, and they are magic. Now, I want to stop. In most decks, you will see the magician as a male figure. But we know here at Crystal and Knowledge Tarot that gender stereotypes and the gender binary is limited. So the magician may typically be depicted as a cis man, but anyone can embody this archetype and the dual possession of active yang, masculine, and receptive yin or femme elements suggests that the magician can be of any gender and all the genders. So what is magic? Broadly, it's the ability to influence the world around us and ourselves at will or according to our own will. This is what the magician is doing. And to be clear, he or she or they are doing it in service to their own wants and desires. At this stage, we are early in the fool's journey. We have not learned all the lessons. We have not gone through all of the growth that we will go through. The magician's magic is for themselves, not necessarily in service to the community. But this this shouldn't be taken as a criticism necessarily. Sometimes we need to use our gifts and talents and magic in service of care and betterment of ourselves. We need to make things happen for ourselves. The magician has the magic to shift their consciousness and reality for themselves. To make those shifts, though, you have to be able to articulate what you desire and draw upon your tools like the magician does. So the magician is our manifestation king or queen or non-binary, non-hierarchical leader. The magician's spell is a manifestation. You first Think about what you want, and then you take inspired action to put the wheels of your manifestation in motion. To go off on a short social science tangent, I am reminded of the ways in which the stories we tell about ourselves and others then shape how we see, interpret, and act in the world. This is, again, based on the symbolic interactionist or social constructionist strain of social science and sociology. Part of my research was on how student activists use narratives and storytelling as a means to shape their identities, both individual, meaning who they are as a person, 
and collective, meaning themselves as part of a larger group or movement. Broadly, narratives or storytelling serve an important purpose. We tell stories because we want others to see us in a particular way. But we also tell stories because we want to see ourselves in a particular way. We want others to think we're a badass activist or intellectual, a pious believer, or a master manifester. But we also want to believe that about ourselves, right? Schwalbe and Mason Schrock argue that by narrating our lives in particular ways, we understand how we are supposed to act, feel, and think about ourselves. And once the narratives have taken hold, they become the lens through which we interpret our actions, the actions of others, and understand how and why life works the way that it does. Essentially, if we tell ourselves something is a certain way and will always be that way, then it is. That's it. We're not going to mobilize or act in a way to change it because we've already decided that it cannot be changed. These stories or narratives that we tell ourselves in an overly simplistic way become a type of self-fulfilling prophecy, whether for better or for worse. And this isn't conjecture or woo. Psychological research by Dan McAdams and colleagues shows that variations of what they call narrative identities, basically how people describe themselves and the trajectory of their lives, can lead to certain mental health outcomes, tangible, measurable things. But to bring it back to the tarot, where the magician comes back in is that we can change the narrative. We can change the stories that we tell ourselves. We can alter our own consciousness. We are magic. We are the magicians of our own life and our own consciousness. That power is always available to us, and the magician can help us tap into that power. But as with anything, there's the potential shady piece. Think about our cultural depictions of magicians or of magic. Yes, there's the demonic depictions. I would argue that's more associated with witches for reasons we will discuss in our next episode on the High Priestess. But more often than not, we are talking about, again, tricksters, meaning they're not legitimate. It's all smoke and mirrors, sleight of hand. The magician isn't real and, and you're being taken advantage of. The magician is selling you a bag of tricks, presenting themselves as an authority or as having power or magic, but they don't really. It's a ruse. Earlier, I mentioned that the magician is about bringing these things into materiality for themselves. And sometimes that's great. That's what we need. And we should use our power and our abilities to care for ourselves but we can see the shadow here of being egoic or selfish. Thinking about the magician as being at the beginning of the major arcana, we can think of them as being at the early stages of development. There's the classic psychological theory of development from Piaget, and the magician is at the pre-operational stage of development, essentially toddlerhood or young childhood they aren't fully able to see things from the perspective of others. The classic example here is the toddler playing hide-and-seek. They put their face toward a wall, they cover their eyes, and since they can't see you, 
they assume you can't see them. The shadow side of the magician is that this magic is purely egocentric, without concern for how their actions might impact others. It's potentially the toxic love spell, the evil eye, the pyramid scheme. The magician's power can be used for good, but it can also be used nefariously. There are too many examples of people in power using it nefariously. Pick your least favorite. That's what we're on the lookout for here. I want to get back into the imagery of the card. We started this conversation earlier, but let's quickly recap the Rider Waite Coleman Smith version of the card. In the card, the magician is wearing a robe of red and white with red and white flowers beneath the altar and at the top of the card. Typically, we will see a a bright yellow background, which some um, interpretations say is emblematic of manifestation. The magician stands at their altar with a pentacle, a cup or chalice, a sword and a wand. They're holding a wand straight in the air with a lemniscate, a sideways figure eight above their head. So there's a lot of symbolism here. Let's start with the colors of red and white, a mixture of experience and power with the red and integrity with the white. Now, yes, I know we typically say purity with white, but we are not going to fall into the trap of pure and impure language on this podcast. So integrity. The lemniscate represents infinity. Again, the infinite possibilities that the magician can bring into being. The elements are all here for the magician to work with. The pentacle is the connection to earth, to materials, to experience. The cup or chalice is the emotional link to the manifestation, desire, or spell. If you're not emotionally connected to your manifestation, if you're not really in it, you will burn out, get bored, or move on to something else before it's realized. The sword is the magician's intellect and ability to communicate, to speak it into being. What's your elevator pitch? Tell me in 50 words or less what the goal is. And of course, the wands. There's one on the table and one in their hand. And this is that energy, that spark, that creative fire to draw the power of the universe to the magician. And it's generally a relatively straightforward card. I did talk about some of the potential shadows, but by and large, this card is telling you that you can do it that you have the tools within you and at your disposal to succeed. I mean, we know this is not completely true. We live in a society that is patriarchal, white supremacist, anti-Semitic, ableist, Islamophobic, queerphobic, and capitalist. These economic, political, and social systems absolutely impact us. But the magician is a reminder that we still have agency even in oppressive conditions, even when things aren't perfect. The magician is telling you that you have the agency, you have the power to go do that thing. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. You can find me at Crystalline Knowledge Tarot on Instagram. I also wanted to take a moment to let the audience know that I also have a Patreon 
for listeners who want to support my work and get some additional perks, such as a monthly tarot spread delivered to your email. You can find the link to my Patreon in the show notes. Thanks a lot and see you next time.